Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I am your host, Mark Delaney Crew Wheeler, and we have a great show tonight. We're going to be talking about the Sea Rig, or the Carolina Rig, as many people call it. Um, you know, it is one of those baits that will drive a kayak angler nuts. Why? Well, it starts with a lot of the gear, the way it's cast, the way it's retrieved, can really, really, really make you lose your mind. But, have no fear, landing crew is here. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got a way to fix a lot of it. So this way you can fish the Carolina rig, and right now is the time. If you live from PA South, you have post-spawn bass in deep water. And a lot of us that fish deeper water lakes, i.e. anything over 10 feet, Eight feet, okay? Carolina rig can really do well for you, especially with a lot of this emerging grass. It's only about a foot, two foot tall. Guess what? The Carolina rig shines. Um, for those of us that, sh- that fish shallow lakes as well, guess what? I have a way for you to fish it too. And you know what? It's even better shallow. And we're going to talk about that as well. Before we get any further, I've got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Yak Chum Trucks. What's going on, man? Hey, good evening, Mark. Uh, great show tonight. Looking forward to talking about the Carolina rig uh, as we use it on pretty much any style of fishing that you do. Saltwater, freshwater, brackish water. And, uh, yeah, that perfect timing just drives the fish nuts, and it drives yeah. us nuts, too. <laughs> yep. Yep, and for those that don't know what why it drives us nuts, it's because there's a phenomenon, a phenomena, phenomena. Um known as the helicopter, and it literally will make you want to scream. Um, it has blown up more reels. It has been the agony of line twist around your your weight. It, it literally will make you lose your mind because we can't, as a kayak angler, get that same lift as a boat angler can, but I have a solution for you, and it is, <laughs> and it comes from my saltwater days. So you're going to definitely want to, to, to listen in on that. Um, Call that eight-foot rods. Hey, you know what? I've done it on eight-foot rods too, man. You know, that helicopter going. You know, I tried side-arming it so I can get it, you know, running horizontally. And, you know, woof, 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 woof. You see it going out there oh, and you're going, yeah. oh. And watching your reel going, wing, 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 wing. You know, <laughs> um, I've tried throwing it, you know, overhand. With my with my uh, flipping stick, you know, using because I use heavy weights, so I'm you know, Wah-ha! you know, sending it out there, and you know, I'm getting the same action. But then I realized, wait a second, I'll take a key from what I learned as you know a saltwater angler to make it work, and I did it this past weekend. Well, because I was fishing a boat tourney, and I did okay. I didn't do as great, you know, brand new body of water and whatnot. Um, you know, but I had three bites. I landed three fish. I mean, that's pretty good odds. You know, first time out in a body water, don't know a dang thing about it except for what a few people have kind of told you. You know, going out there, first ten casts, catching a bass, that's pretty good. Um, you know, really good. It, it it's you know it's all about you know in that situation just running my strengths. You know, knowing what 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 what, what would work, and surprisingly, what worked very well. You know, for me. 
you know, the the first half of the day was a jerk bait, and I I worked it really hard, but you know, it wasn't the best bait for that situation. You know, there were several other baits that could have been thrown. I unfortunately left a couple of boxes at home that I really thought would have worked very well. One being the Carolina rig, which I came back to that lake on Sunday and destroyed them. I mean, I absolutely destroyed them. Um, I've got, you know, a Zoom pack of baits. is usually 10 baits in a bag. And I, I went through two bags of Zoom baits just on bass alone. And I, and I got two or three bass per bait. <laughs> I'll give you an idea how, how badly I wrecked them. Uh, damn near kill. Right. Um but, you know, you know, for that lake, you know, if I would have had the Carolina rigs gear, I would have been awesome. If I would have had my spy baiting, and that's going to be on a future show, spy baiting. It's a new technique coming out of Japan, a new technique for the USA coming out of Japan. It's been there since about 2003, um, but it is absolutely deadly, deadly on clear water bass, and we'll get to that on a later show. Um, you know, if I would have had some deep di- deeper crankbaits, you know, my deepest crankbait only went eight feet, you know, really, you know, eight to ten feet really was limiting me when I was, was seeing schools of active fish, you know, in 13, 14 feet, you know, on the bottom, and they just wouldn't hit a, a swim bait or anything like that. If I would have took a crankbait and just burned it through that school, you know, bump, bumped it into every shad I could find. You know, I would have loaded up on a couple of big bass, and I just didn't have it with me. So, you know, I was really limited on what I had. And, uh, you know, to come out with, with the three bass I did, you know, three bass for five pounds plus my first uh, Virginia spot, spotted bass, was a, was a stellar day for me. So, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a good, good, good weekend, you know. And then Sunday, like I said, I, I went back with Carolina rigs and just, destroyed them off of points but we're going to get into that a little bit later but first we're going to take a short break and we come right back we're going to start this thing off right so we'll be right back with more of the low sodium show only on the kayak fishing radio network looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100 percent in the united states look no further than orca coolers these roto molded rugged coolers feature premium quality seamless construction meaning they're built to take whatever you and mother nature throws at them orca coolers allow ice to keep for days and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it with secure external latch system the lid always stays closed orca coolers made 100 percent in the usa always has been always will be check them out at orcacoolers.com Bull Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foreground. Made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Bull Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Bull Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Kayak Fishing Radio presents The Low Sodium Show With your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler Alright folks, and we are back My light is not working with me Turn on light Okay, my light is not going to work But we're going to get started here and start talking about Oh, now it wants to work. Um, 
you know, the Carolina rig. And I've actually got my rods sitting here, my two main styles of Carolina rigging. I've got all the baits. And please go to the Facebook page, um, uh, the event page for this show. You're going to see a bunch of baits. You're going to see a bunch of different things. Um, and, and it's going to really help you give you the visual of what I'm talking about. So let's start off. What is a Carolina rig? A Carolina rig, in, in, in its perfect form, is a weight in front of a bait, okay, where they're not touching, okay? What, what am I really getting at is a Texas rig is a bait with a weight in front of it that is touching, okay? A Carolina rig is a weight with a bait behind it with some sort of leader in between of it, okay? So What's the history it, on that, Mark? Do you, do you know? The Carolina rig, apparently, because I've asked a lot of guys this, and I get several different answers. Um, they call it the Carolina rig because of High Rock Lake, um, Sandy Cooper, because you know these guys are throwing these techniques for catfish, right? And it's a basic slider rig is what it is. And in its purest form, it's a slider rig. But a fish finder rig, or, or however you want to call it. But they were using soft plastics when they ran out of bait and were catching bass with it. So they switched it up and made it for a bass technique. Um, so, nice. how... And, and, I, and I say... I, I break it down like I do... Um, with the weight in front, with a, sh- with a leader of some sort, and then the, the bait. Because I, I don't know how many people have been out there fishing a Carolina rig and have had this happen to them. Or they're trying to learn about the Carolina rig. And they get some some guy who tells them, well, the Carolina rig, you can only fish a Carolina rig with 80-pound braid you know, a 300-pound swivel, three ounces of weight, and a junior on a one-out hook with about six-foot leader. That's the only way you're going to fish it. And that's the way I heard about it for years. And it really drew through, you know, I really didn't want to throw a rig like that. I really didn't. Um, you know, and, and throughout the years, I learned the different rigs that, you know, work better than a Carolina rig. A lot of times, a shiki head, um, a swimming jig. You know, uh, um, you know, for putting baits in the bottom, crankbaits. I learned how to crankbait because I didn't want to throw a Carolina rig. But I have found that there are times that you need to throw it, like. On, on several lakes that I'm currently fishing for tournaments, there's just something about a Carolina rig that works so well. Um, and and one thing that I really look for when I'm going to throw a Carolina rig is is insects. You know that is a humongous thing I look for are insects. If I see a big hatch of of insects, or I see a worm hatch. I'm immediately throwing a Carolina rig before anything else. Um, you know, and I can mimic them with, you know, a big, you know, 
curly tail worm, a uh, uh, a finesse worm, uh, a trick worm. You know, which a trick worm can can really mimic a lot of different baits. Um, you know, uh, I might throw a, a creature bait. You know, like a beaver. You know, you know that that's one of the things. Another one I look at is is the craws. You know, if there's a, just a ton of crawfish in a in a body of water. You know, I'm gonna throw that. Uh, you know, craw baits. You know, uh, uh, a craw imitation of some sort. You know, a beaver again. Um, you know, uh, an actual craw bait itself. Um, a lot of your you know funky looking baits work very well as craw imitations. Um, but for me, a lot of times when I'm putting a, a bait behind uh, a Carolina rig, it's usually a fluke of some sort. It's usually a stick bait, um, you know, like a, a, a Power Team Lures Finicky Tickler. Uh, just works great. A grub, perfect bait for it, um, you know. Uh, but the standalone bait for a lot of folks is a lizard um, or salamander or, or whatever. And I use two colors of, sal- of, of lizards. Um, I, I, I lied. I use four colors because so I'm looking at them, all of them right now. My first color is almost like a mustard sand color. Okay. Um, my my other color is a reddish June bug. Um, very very solid color, and that really mimics a lot of salamanders in the water. Um, another one is June bug. Okay. So I have a June bug red, which has a really, and I look for the ones that have the the really hard red tint to them. Um, Zoom makes one that has a really high red tint color, coloration to it. Um, then my June bug, okay, and then I use a green pumpkin purple flake. Um, you can use green pumpkin, but I like the purple flake. It just adds that salamanderish look to it. Um, you know, and I've got all these colors that I use because of of how effective they are. Um, with just that setup. But let's, I I digress. We'll get into bait colors and, and, and bait selection here a little bit. Um, so we broke down what it is. Now, how do you rig a Carolina rig? And there are several thoughts on this. And I am one of those that I have seen what great terminal tackle can do. And I have seen what crap terminal, t- terminal tackle can do. And my personal opinion on it is you don't need a big swivel. Okay, it's the first thing. A lot of guys buy these big swivels at, you know, $2 for a 25-pack. And, and it, you really don't have to. You really don't. Um, it, it is just a waste of your money. They won't spin. Um, they'll bind up on you. They're just too big to begin with. Um, you know... It is really is not necessary. So, what I do differently than everyone else is I use a barrel swivel, a true barrel swivel. And I know some guys are going, "What do you? Aren't they all barrel swivels?" No, definitely not. Um, and I'm actually on the Bass Pro website right now. So if you want to join me, take a look. It's under Terminal Tackle, Snaps, and Swivels. Okay. 
right off the bat, you're going to see a big gold one on the top of the page if you're looking at the same thing I am. Um, that is just a swivel. It is not a barrel swivel. Okay? Um, and, and what that means is if you cracked open that, that barrel, okay, what they have there, what you'll see is two wire ties. It's nails. Okay, the original swivels were just nails with a, with a, uh, a crimp around them that allowed them to spin. Okay, and that's basically they haven't digressed from that at all. They don't spin very well. They gum up really easily. And they're cheap as dirt. And with money on the line, I'm not going for cheap. Okay? Now, just below that, you'll see barrel ball bearing swivels. Okay? These actually have a ball bearing system on the inside. Okay, that allows that to spin very freely. I will only use, um, I'm not even seeing them on here anymore. Oh, that stinks. As soon as I find the ones I usually use. Um, but I will not use anything but, you know, Off Wrangler is a great, great one. Um, and it's actually the same ones as uh, Spro. I use Spro swivels, and and offshore yeah, angler actually really good ball bearing swivels. That's all used for uh, saltwater fishing with that tube and worm that you're dragging around. That thing's yeah. made to spin. And, yeah, um, so you have to have yeah, a solid that, swivel. Yeah, without you know, that ball bearing swivel on there, oh, <laughs> you're, you're gonna have a nice twisty twisty tie when you pull that thing yeah. in with some weeds in the middle, and. Uh, Maybe even some shells from spinning around stuff. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, having a, a solid swivel is key. And, and you know, I don't use big ones. I use wind-on style. And what a wind-on swivel style is, it's an extremely strong, small swivel. 65-pound, 50-pound is where I go. And you're going, why do you only use that? Well, I've caught and seen caught 150-pound tuna on those small swivels as a wind-on, where you actually wind the swivel onto the reel. Okay? So, I have a little bit of confidence in, in those small swivels. Okay? And I, and I now, really the wind believe... On, the only thing I have a problem with with those is actually tying a leader to it, if it's like a heavier leader. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend there? Um... Lighter leader, uh, you know. <laughs> All right. And, and, and I'm being honest. I don't see. I, I I watch these guys tie on 50, 60 pound leaders for stripers, and I look at them and I'm going, I only use 50 pound for tuna. I use 40 pound for marlin, white marlin. You know, and, and just I just can't figure out why when I can get away with using 30 pound, and, and I and I think it comes back from the thought of you know, from when guys first started, you know, fishing and being anglers, right? They didn't have a lot of money, or they didn't really know what they were doing, so they bought cheap gear. And the cheap gear bit them in the ass. So they finally have money, and they finally know better, and they found the good stuff, but they haven't gone and realized that they don't need to buy, or they don't need to use crap gear. If that makes any sense. So, you know, use solid gear. Buy... It, Put out a little extra money for, you know, I put out 35 bucks at a pop, and I actually just spent 130 
on a spool of 14-pound fluorocarbon. Sunline uh, FC Sniper in 14-pound. Okay, that is my, my go-to fluorocarbon for all my bait casting needs. Okay, and I use a lot of it. You know, but that line, I, I have no problems of taking that same 14-pound, going out in the bay, and hooking up into a big tog, hooking into a cobia, hooking into anything. So I know it's going it, to, it, I can't break it. I mean, it says 14 pound, but this is actually the Japanese one. And it's funny. If you ever get a chance, go to Tackle Warehouse. Look at the lines, especially the stuff from, from Japan. You're going to see, you know, a bunch of stuff that you see Japanese style. And you go, what the heck does that mean? Well, the Japanese style is a very thin line. They use a higher grade fluorocarbon than we do. And if you're going to pay for it, you're going to really take it in the, in the wallet. But, I mean, this stuff is super high-grade, man. Literally, I took it and, and put a scale on it, 14 pounds, and pulled on it, pulled on it, pulled on it, and broke it, finally. And it took a lot of me to break it. Looked at it where it held. So I've got one of those that will let me know as soon as it lets loose how much it broke. And it broke at, like, 24 pounds, man. So I'm using 14, actually, actually 12-pound diameter line. Okay, and and it breaks at 24 pounds consistently. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll pay that extra money for that, you know, insurance. You know what I mean? So I think that's the biggest thing, you know. And and, and all my knots, all of my knots, I have gotten away from from it completely. All of my knots are locking knots, meaning they don't, they're not cinch knots. Okay. Where the, where the line, like a Palomar, is a cinch knot. You cinch it down, and the line kind of cuts into itself, okay? And it uses the pressure of, you know, having to, to make it work. A locking knot is like a snell knot, uh, a, a nail knot, a San Diego jam knot. A th- you know, a, a knot like that, you find that you have much more dexterity in your line and in your knots because of it. And it... I'm telling y'all, it's it's very important. It's actually saved me some a lot of and made me a lot of money by making that switch. And I know some guys are going, the Pelama knot is the greatest knot ever. It may have been, but there are newer knots out there that are much much better, and uh, definitely work. And I'm telling you, nail knot on you know 40 pound uh, mono fluorocarbon whatever they're meant is absolutely the best knot. You know, it is super strong. It never loses its strength. You know, it is one of those that I, I, I truly believe in. And I actually, the, the trick to it is find whichever hand you feel comfortable anchoring and one spinning around, you know, the, the, the lines. And if you've got fat fingers like myself, you know, using your finger to, to create the space and have an extra, uh, you know, leader to make those eight wraps or how many wraps you want to go, really really helps a lot and you know taking your time and really making sure it falls in a, in a line when you when you pull it tight take your time make sure it's right keep it nice and moist and as it's coming together and i'm telling you you will never have an issue whatsoever we lost zero zero tuna and wahoo last year uh to not breakage we lost one wahoo because the 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 sea witch moved up the line, and another Wahoo came in and cut it off. We lost one tuna last year due to a um, uh, angling error. 
he locked down the reel way too early and broke the line uh, because he, he, he went down and he jerked down to reel it in, and it, the line actually looped around the, 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 the front eye. And when he lifted back up, the fish went for a run and just jacked it. Um, and it happens, but, you know, I, I don't have na- not failures. I practice my knots religiously, so. But then I dig- digress. So having a solid swivel. And go out and buy those, those bearing swivels. Okay, go out and buy those bearing swivels. That's the first thing. Second thing is you see brass, you're going to see lead, you're going to see steel weights. They're great, okay? That's for some people, that's what they use. For me, it's tungsten, okay? I want to feel the bottom when I'm working this bait. By feeling the bottom, it's my, it's my eyes. You know, having a super sensitive rod, really good line, and a tungsten weight, I can feel, okay, that's sand, Okay, and I'm on gravel. Okay, I know I'm on gravel. Boom, I just hit some big rock. And I'm back on gravel again. You know, and, and it helps me to break down that whole area I'm fishing. And I don't fish it slow. I, I'm moving at a clip, but we'll get to that a little bit later. So tungsten for me is, is key. Um, and I use only glass beads. I use one glass bead, it, it's, or I don't use a glass bead at all. And then the last thing, okay, good leader, of course, that, that's a given. But the last thing is having a solid um, bobber stop. Bass Pro sells them for like $2. They come in like a 50-pack. They got these little wire, and it, and it works great. Okay, you can see one of them on my spinning setup. It's absolutely awesome. I use it for everything. So definitely look into them. So, how it's all set up is the first thing I do, and this is for the, the everyday Carolina rig. Um, my rod of choice for me is a Bull Bay Rods bomb dropper. It is my flipping stick. It is a big swim bait rod. It's an Alabama rig rod. If you throw heavy gear, the bomb dropper's for you. Okay, It's a special order um, from Bull Bay. It's, I designed it to give you an idea. It is a solid, solid rod. Okay, it's got a little bit of a tip on it. It's only got about maybe six inches of a tip, but then it turns into you know a uh, you know a, uh, a heavyweight fighter. Okay, and it, it is designed for big Carolina rigs, big baits, big fish. Um, so that that's how I kind of work that that rod. But it's super sensitive. I can feel everything on it because it's, it's just one of those great things that Bull Bay does. Um, my reel, okay, I use two reels for this, uh, and they're both loose. It's a, and the one you actually see is a Canaan, because my, my one loose, uh, is, is broken apart. Um, I'm adding a new gear to it, making it a little faster. It's, uh, going from 7.3 to 1 to, uh, I think, I've got it up to, like, 8 to 1, uh, 8, 8, 8 to 1. I think it's just a, it's a screamer. Um, and I'd like to thank everyone at, uh, 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 Pro Custom Reels. Uh, it's a new company that just started up. I've got a hold of them. They, they create new new parts for old reels, and uh, hopefully they uh, they join us here soon. Um, but I, I use two different reels. I use a high speed reel, okay, 
and I use a low gear ratio reel. And I'm talking like 5.4 to 1. I think it's where it's at. And then I have my other one, my, my burner. And, and each one has their own place. But they're both spooled. Excuse me. The, um, the slow reel has 30-pound braid. Um, you know, it is it is a the perfect line size for this for the one technique I'm going to talk about in a little bit. And then I have my burner. My burner is the one I use traditional Carolina style, dragging that that weight. It, and the reason I use a high speed reel is it helps me pick up that line faster when I'm when I'm moving that bait. Okay, or if that fish picks up the bait and starts moving towards me, I can catch up to him to hit him, which is very very key. And welcome, Mike Ambrose. Uh, to the the chat room, great to have you, buddy. Um, okay, so I, and then on my my heavier rig, I use 50 pound because uh, usually I'm dragging it a lot more um, through a lot of nasty stuff. I want that higher uh, uh, line test for this. So I have the line. First thing that goes on is my weight. If I'm using traditional style, I do not go with less than a three quarters of an ounce. I will not do it. Because, um, again, I'm trying to feel the bottom. I'm in deep water. I'm going to get down there and start working it immediately and cover as much water as possible. So three-quarter ounce, ounce and a half tungsten. That goes on there. Next thing that goes on there is my glass bead. I highly, highly recommend a good glass bead. It goes on there. Next is my swivel. And I tie a nail knot with the braid to the swivel. It will never come loose. I promise you that. Then, after, then my, my fluorocarbon leader. And I start off usually with a two-foot fluoro leader. That is the basic leader section I will start off with. Now, there are several things you need to understand about that. Some times I will go with no more than a foot leader, i.e. really cold water, fish that are hugging the bottom, shallow lakes, I don't need to go with the three-foot leader. I go with the foot. Um, really finicky bass, okay, that, that, that are in dirty water where they've really got a, you know, tunnel vision, as I call it. They'll tunnel vision down, okay, and they'll use a ladder to line more. I don't want the noise of that weight making them come and look at the weight, but there's no bait there. I want that bait to be closer so they hear the noise, but then they look over, and there's that bait. They'll hit it. Okay, so that's how I break that down. So two foot's where I start on pretty much any leg. Um, going two between a one-aught and a four-aught. I'll use anywhere in there. If I'm using a small, let's say a small zoom brush hog, okay, um, you know, it's, it's less than four inches total body length maybe three inches of, of actual meat to the bait before it comes down into a tail. Um, I'm using a one-aught. I'm using a, a Fluke Junior. I just had it here. It just vanished. Where'd my Fluke Junior go? Um, you know, if I'm using a Fluke Junior, it's gone missing. It's AWOL. Um, you know, Did uh, you pick all the old uh, plastics there just on purpose? or <laughs> All gold? Yeah, on no, the, that, uh, the photo you put up on the Facebook there, it looks like you went digging for gold, and you got all your gold soft plastics up there. 
No, and actually, it's the the coloration of green pumpkin. Green pumpkin and oh. watermelon <laughs> off with the, with the flash gives it a gold color. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but a fluke junior. I mean, it's a four inch bait. I'll use a two odd hook, the largest, and, and, and they're all extra wide gaps. If I'm using a regular fluke, okay, the the, the super zoom flukes or anything like that, I'm using a four odd hook. I'm using a 7-inch leader, a lizard, 4-aught. I'm using a 7-inch trick worm, 4-aught. I'm using a 5-inch a, a trick worm, 2-aught. So, I, I, you know, the size of the bait really dictates the size of my hook. Okay. So, now let's talk about baits here for a second. Some of the baits that I had on there, you could tell the Senko styles. That's a great starter. Okay. It's a great starter bait, okay? They, they have their own action. They work very, very well. Um, next, I have the trick worms, which I throw a lot of. Um, and there's several different styles. Paratine Lures makes a great one. Zoom is a standalone. I think, uh, here's a, a caffeine trick worm from Strike King. I love the smell of that caffeine. It's sweet and, and salty. Um, you know, a, a curly tail trick worm. Beautiful for when they're, they're looking for a thin profile but a lot of action. Okay, when, they, when they're looking for that tail action, you know, where they, they, they're, on, they're on the edge of being aggressive but they're still kind of lethargic. Beautiful for that. Um, you know, going all the way up to big worms. I really like taking a four-odd hook and sticking a 10-inch worm or, or an 8-inch worm back there okay when they're looking for those big baits or you're looking for that big kicker bass a big bait will do it 10 inch robo worms um i have a, a striking anaconda here beautiful uh bait uh the cut tail worm from zoom also great and and again i'll even go up to about a six odd hook but that's on a very rare occasion usually it's a four odd um picking through here you know creature baits there is no wrong bait with a with a Carolina rig. Let me just put that out to you. But I really like creature baits a lot. You know, the brush hogs are really good. Especially you can find the floating brush hogs. Um, surprisingly, the devil spear from uh, uh, Berkeley Havoc works great. Um, let's see here, I got a few others. Oh, if you're a Strike King fan, the rooster or the rodent. Beautiful baits for Carolina rig. A grub. I, I put that in the creature style. It just works very, very well. Um, Those uh, Paratier and Lure scrubs work really nice. Yeah, and actually that's the one I have in my hand right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, creature baits are great starter baits. They have a lot of, a lot of things that move and undulate, okay, that really get their attention. And, and I really believe, you know, and, and I I was doing very well uh, on the the rodent from Striking on Sunday. I was doing very well on the Zoom seven inch lizard. Okay, and it's a green pumpkin purple flake. It's got a little green flake in it as well, and I'm and it's the one in the picture. But it's a very very solid bait, and it's one that I. If I'm Carolina rigging on a new lake, it's one of the first ones I'll tie on. Clear, dirty, doesn't matter. 
Only time it does matter is if I'm in a tannic... If I have that clear, but it's dark water. That tannic water, I'll go to a red bug. It is... Red bugs are the way to go in tannic water. Red is a solid tannic water color. Um... For whatever reason. Um... And then, and then craws. You know, there, there are so many different craws out there. I've got Power Team Lures. I've got Strike King, Rage Tails. Um, I've got a, a Berkeley craw style. Um, you know, I've taken... Uh, I've taken Brush Hogs and done very well. Tubes are great Carolina rig baits. Okay, they hold air, they float up really high. Yeah. Tubes are great um, for Carolina rigging. So literally you have choices in the matter. And I really, I use, I'm going to say five colors. I might be, you know, more than that. But I, I really use only five. I use green pumpkin in all its varieties. But usually it's green pumpkin to start off with, um, you know, Lizard is a green pumpkin, purple flake. Um, for um, uh, for like uh, craws, it's just plain green pumpkin. Uh, maybe green pumpkin, red flake on the craw. Um, you know, all the different colors that are with the green pumpkin variety. Uh, the next one I always like to have is a June bug variety. June bug is another solid color. Um, you know, June bug red. June bug, uh, uh, you know, red flake, um, just plain June bug, June bug red, where it has a red tint to it, solid coloration. Um, you know, the next one is watermelon. Watermelon red flake is literally the best uh, watermelon style that you can get, in my opinion. So watermelon red flake is is right up there. Watermelon uh, Houdini or firecracker is another great one. It's got a lot of reds, blues, oranges, uh, gold, silvers in it. It's just a lot of, of flash to it. Works very, very well in clear water. Um, that, that, that shimmer really makes it look like a brim. So I use colors, that color with my, with my Senko style baits, with my, um, my small little paddle tail baits, with my flukes a lot of times, um, the grub as well. The crawl will get that coloration as well, mimicking those those brim. Um, you know, uh, another coloration I really like are natural shad colors, or or or, or uh, uh, shiner colors. So albino, white, um, you know, uh, uh, pearlescent blue, a little bit of purple in the back. Zoom makes a great one. Um, you know, caffeine shad, the caffeine uh, uh, shads are great. You know, and, and, and any, the only two color that I'll use for Carolina Reagan is what's called natural, or fire tiger. And what it has is a watermelon back with a orange or yellowish belly. Very, very solid brim coloration. Um, and that's basically where I keep them. You know, I have other colors, but, you know, from, from day in, day out... It's it's those colorations, you know, that 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 do it for me. If that makes any sense. Sounds so, good to me. 
You're just rolling with the punches, huh, bud? Nah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> so, you've got it all rigged up, right? And you're going to Carolina rig, and you're going to go fishing. How do you fish this bait? And it's pretty simple. If you're on a boat, casting is pretty easy. If you're on a kayak, here's the tip of the week. Okay, and you're using a two and a half, three foot leader. What I do is I take the hook and I take the bait and I bring it up to the weight. If I'm using like a um, like a trick worm, for instance, I'll take that trick worm and I'll wrap the tail around the line or the weight to the hold there. Then I'll bring it back and cast it. What I've done is compacted my, my weight into one area. So, so when I cast it, when that lure finally lets go of that weight, and it'll eventually happen. It'll, you know, halfway through the flight, it'll wee pull off back. You will lose the helicopter. Now, what the helicopter is, when you throw it, it's two weights spinning around each other. It creates back backlashes. It's just not good. But just taking that, that lure real fast and just snap it around that weight and casting, you will... M- alleviate 99% of your, your issues with casting it, casting it. Plus, you can use a longer leader, okay, make a, a, a good form cast without having to worry about that bait in the water. Little tip. It really helped me out, uh, Carolina Reagan. So you've cast this bait way out there. Whee! Boom, it hits the water. First thing I do is I strip off a little bit of line. Before I even engage the reel. Strip off of a strip or two of, of line. Make sure I'm letting that bait fall all the way down to the bottom. Boom, it hits the bottom. I engage the reel. And all I do, point the, the rod tip at the bait and sweep it to the side. Catch up to it and sweep it to the side. I'm feeling it the whole way through. I'm keeping it right on the bottom. I'm not, for this technique, I'm not using the reel. Okay? The reel is just there to pick up extra line. Now, you're bringing it in. You're bringing it in, all of a sudden you feel the dunk, 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 dunk of that bass on there. Okay? First thing you do is take your hand off the reel. Second thing you do is just wait. Okay? Watch your line. Do not do anything. Just watch that line. You'll watch it. When they have it, okay, and they start going one direction, and they start moving that, that line, your rind's going to start to load up a little bit. It's just starting to feel a little heavy. That means they've got it. Okay, and what I do is I just bring, just kind of point the rod at the fish a little bit. Maybe no more than three inches. I put my hand back on the reel, fill with that tension again. I reel, and I sweep set. And I'm not hard slapping them. I'm not whip setting them. All I'm doing is just reeling and leaning just to the side. Just bring, just to- rotate my torso. And I'm attempting to point the tip of the rod to the stern of the kayak is what I am visually trying to do. I don't get there nine times out of ten. <laughs> I'm just reeling and pulling. And what that's doing is the reason you do that is if you set the hook straight up and down, what you're doing basically is is you're pulling that weight up off the bottom and the weight is actually taking all of your energy from that hook set 
to lift itself off the bottom, right? You're not getting the hook set in the fish's mouth. Okay? Now, if I am not letting the fish get the bait in his mouth, okay? And all I'm doing is, is I'm sweeping. I feel it heavy. And I just start immediately reeling and turning. A lot of times you'll miss the fish. Okay? He's just the way it is. I wait for that fish to give me a little bit of pressure again. I want that rod tip to start to, 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 to load up before I turn into him. Now, the only time you don't do this is if you're going, all of a sudden you don't feel anything. You look at your line, and it's gone slack. Immediately, point your rod tip at the bait and start reeling as hard as you can. Okay? You're going to feel the weight pick up. Don't do anything. Just keep reeling. So that rod tip really loads. When it starts to really load, what I call a, an over-the-shoulder hit. You're just going to lift it up and in, into your shoulder. So I'm left-handed with all my, all my bait casters. So what I'm basically doing is taking my hand and making it touch my right shoulder. Okay? As parallel to the water as I can. Okay? And I'm reeling at the, the same time. Once I'm caught up to him and I've hit him like that, okay? I'm going to start keep reeling hard and just lowering my, rod tip, lowering my rod tip so this way I can maneuver the bass as I need him to. He runs at me harder, I can keep up with him by lifting the rod tip and reeling. Very, very critical that you bring back that rod. Okay, at some point. That's why a high-speed reel is so good. And that's pretty much the basics of Carolina rigging. Now for the advanced course. Um, you're in a situation, you don't have crankbaits, but they want moving baits. They want moving baits off the bottom. I really believe in, in, in a low-speed reel for this technique. Same gear, same everything. But what I'm doing is, is I'm sending that bait out there on a nice long cast. It hits the water. The moment it hits the water, I'm going to engage my reel and start reeling slowly. Okay. The reason I'm reeling slowly is I'm picking up line as that bait's dropping. Once I feel it, my line come tight, get all the slack out, I pick up my speed just a little bit. And now what I'm doing is I'm, is I'm making that bait swing towards... If you look at the water, okay, we, you have the kayak, you have the long cast. The wa- it hits the water and it starts falling. But me picking up that line, it's making that a big bow in, in the trajectory of when that hit the water to when it's back to you. So what I'm doing is, is um, theoretically using my reel to catch up to it and using my reel to keep the bait up and actually run through a school of bass on a clip. Okay, and, it, and it's great because the whole time you're reeling, because you, you're reeling and you're just slightly just bouncing your rod tip while you're doing it, you don't do it naturally, you know, thinking about it. It happens naturally, you know, through reeling and everything else. That weight's sitting there clacking against that, that, that bead. Ding, 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 ding. With that glass bead, it's just pop, 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 pow. And it's, you know, getting them to turn. So they turn, they look. They, they hear it, and they kind of track it, but here comes something behind it. You know, a, a lizard, a brush hog, a big craw, a curly-tailed worm. Ah, running by them. They'll come up, and they'll hammer it every time. It is one of my favorite techniques when I can't crankbait them into hitting. And I'll use a shorter leader. Again, I'm breaking it down to about a foot and a half foot. Um, 
you you know it, it's it's one of those those, those stellar setups. Um, you know, it's one of those that that that'll really be effective. But we need to take a quick break because I've rambled on a lot. And uh, we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Yeah, you have all been uh, listening to the Low Sodium Show on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network for a while now. And you all always hear us talk about Jackson kayaks and how great they are. Well... There's only one reason we say that, because they are. Jackson Kayaks, we cannot say enough about their fishing line of kayaks. Um, There's a model for every type of fishing that you could think of. The stability, at its best. Comfortable, high-low seat style that's a lapse of luxury. Get to your local dealer and set up a test paddle in a Jackson Kayak. Paddle with luxury. Check out the new big rig from Jackson Kayak. It's a, a, a largemouth bass and small bass angler's dream. So get to your dealer or check out jacksonkayak.com and get on it. All right, folks. You know, we're talking about Carolina rigs and everything else tonight. But one bait that really you need to have in your lineup is a shaky head of some sort. And there's hundreds of, out, hundreds of them out there. There's really only one, actually there is only one that I use and has put up to, and I just did the math today, over $10,000 in small boat tournaments into my pocket, and that is a Tommy Head jig. With the ability to switch the bait out, to go from a shaky head, throw a skirt on there with the trailer, now you've got a jig. Ooh, the spotted bass are blowing up. I need to throw a swim bait or a fluke. Bam. Matter of seconds, I'm rocking and rolling. So get out there, try them. Go to TommyHeadJigs.com. Pick you up a, a a bag. I'm telling you, the best one to go with. Start off quarter ounce, green pumpkin, and the four out hook. You will not be disappointed. I promise you. And let them know that Mark from the landing from the low sodium show sent you. Please, please, please. Again, that's TommyHeadJigs.com. You know, there's a new bait out there on the market right now, and, and it's taking southern Florida and Louisiana and Michigan by storm. And it's surprising. Usually you don't see a dispersion like that, but it is. And right now, it is taking my game to a whole new level, and that is a Lick'em Lures Tongue Slapper. I'm telling you all, this is... It looks like a spoon, a soft plastic spoon, but it's not. It's a jerk bait. Treat it like a jerk bait, and you will put some big old slaunch pigs in your boat. So check them out. Go to lickemlures.com. If you pick up a bag, and I highly suggest you do, let them know that Mark from the, from the Low Sodium Show sent you. Also, they have some great videos on how to rig it as well. Learn it, love it, fish it. You will not be disappointed, and put a big old slapping of tongue on them. With the tongue slapper. Again, that's lickemlures.com for more information.
Full Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip. Made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. You are listening to The Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. Yeah, we got the song. And this way, you don't even have to drink Bailey's from a shoe. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, do we need that break or what? <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here. I, you, you hear me take a break? That's me sipping some water. My mouth's getting dry. Um... But, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I really like this next style we're going to talk about. And it's still in the Carolina rig spectrum. And it's one that is not used in a lot of. And I actually learned this style while being stationed in Japan um, many, many years ago. Um, I think it was 2005. Uh, we were fishing Lake Biwa in, uh, in Japan. And I was watching a guy fishing a Carolina rig on a spinning rod. And I'm looking at him, and I'm going, there's something wrong with this dude. You don't fish a Carolina rig on a, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, it just doesn't work. It's not supposed to work. But he was just wearing them out. And after the you know fishing that day, I was able to walk up to him and talk to him a little bit. And you know the the language barrier was was very very difficult. Um, but I just you know just looked at what he had, and what he had basically was a lightweight to a bobber stop, then to his, his bait. And I was going, you know, why, where were you fishing this? Because I was watching him. He was near the bank, and, and then he was in, in these areas where I just didn't know about. And a translator buddy kind of explained to me that what he was doing was, was he was fishing shallow water, okay, and and fishing offshore humps that came up to about six feet, casting it and bringing it through there really light, and, and was just destroying them. And the, the bass were in a finicky mood. And it was it was just funky how he did it. Well, let's fast forward. Oh my God, seven years. <laughs> Twenty twelve. I'm fishing in a tournament in uh, on um, Lake Gaston, and we were in about eight feet of water. The water was really clear. Um, it was during a drought, and we just didn't have a lot of of, of you know turnover at that point. And we just weren't. I just wasn't catching them. Shaky heads, everything else. My boater, he was having a hard time. And I looked into my box and I saw a uh, quarter ounce tungsten head, a bobber stop, and a hook. And I went, "Huh, might as well try it." Slid it on there. Slid that bobber. Slid, slid the weight. The bobber stop. Brought it up about a foot and a half. Tied on a one knot hook. And I can tell you exactly what bait I was using. Um, I, I switched to a, uh, 
to a lizard. And I was throwing lizard Texas rigged all day long. But I had these lizards that I bought from, I've got like two left, um, from a local tackle shop. They were hand-poured, and they float. They, they, they floated. So I was kind of sitting there, you know, debating, but I knew I needed to get the bait off the bottom for this to work. So I picked that floating lizard, put it on there, and sent it out there, and I let it drop I mean, right along the bank. And I remembered the way the guy was fishing it. He was using his reel, keeping his rod tip really low in the water. And he was just really slowly reeling it. And I'm, and I'm visualizing the, uh, what he was doing as I was doing it. Made the cast, started reeling real slow. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I feel a, 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 a sensation I haven't felt all day for that tournament. Gunk, gunk. And I went, there's no way. My rod started loading up. I set the hook. Boom. Boated a three-pounder. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, this is good. Went right back at it. Threw out there. Brought it in. And I'm reeling along the bottom real slow. All of a sudden, I feel bunk, bunk. I'm like, there's no way. Set the hook. Boom. Another three-pounder. Literally within the same area. And we've worked this whole area that we were fishing in all day long. And I'm going, I might be onto something here. Rig rig because that, that lizard would destroy. Set it out there, and my partner's like, there's no way. There's no way. It's a fluke. You know, you're not gonna, there's no way you can cast in the same area and catch another bass. Well, gosh darn it, I didn't get two revolutions out of that reel. Gunk, gunk, gunk. Watch that line go. Set the hook. I boated a five-pounder. That, those three bass literally put, I think it was like four grand in my pocket. My first big win. So from then on, I I went, okay, this might be something. I played with it for a while. And what I found is that in shallow lakes, clear lakes shallow, or when I don't want the bait to hit the bottom, this is what I'm going to use. I'm dealing with lakes that have grass on them, really, really high grass. I'm using like an eighth ounce, okay, fluorocarbon the whole way through, one-aught hook with a floating lure, a trick worm, a floating worm, something similar to that, where it helps rise that bait off the bottom. And what happens is, you send that bait out there, because it's so light, it doesn't sink as fast. So if I'm dealing with, let's say, um, suspended spotted bass, for instance, where they like to suspend off the bottom and feed, but they're kind of not really in a mood, and you're throwing cranks, you're throwing everything at them. Throw this out there, because it's falling real slow. You can put it right through the school, and it's going to take time to go through that school. It literally sinks. If you're using an eighth of an ounce with a floating worm, it's going to take at least, for instance, you know, it falls at like half a foot less than a second. Just real slow fall, which is great. You know, you let it fall. Now, if I'm dealing with grass, this works really good. So what happens is that it falls down, and that bait kind of settles in there, and that weight cuts through the grass. And you can, you can feel it. You can a little bit, of, you know, tighten on your line. You can feel it fall through that grass. I don't let it hit the bottom. All I do is I start reeling. You'll feel that weight slide, hit that fiber stop. Okay. I know I'm there. And then just slowly reel. What I'm doing is I'm bringing that, that weight through. And then that bait's gliding right over top of the, the, the grass, that deep grass. 
and just wait for it. Just slow reel. Every so often, just pause for a second. Let that weight fall in there, and then reel it out. I have had some vicious, vicious strikes on this. Where literally, you know, you've thrown it for 10, 15 minutes. You're not getting anything. You start to loosen your, your grip on the rod. You're kind of looking around, daydreaming. Dreaming if, you know, for me, it's like about a minute after throwing it. All of a sudden, the rod just goes, Because I've got a bass on there. Just, you just crushed it. It's stellar for that. So, you know, Potomac, great. When you're dealing with grass that's three feet underneath the surface, Great technique. 16th ounce, beautiful. Okay. Uh, um, you know, lakes like um, uh, uh, Okeechobee down south, another great one. Um, Lake Anna, when the grass is really growing good, great for this. Um, let's see here. Uh, other lakes that this worked great on for me. Um, you know, uh, uh, Gunnersville, great for Gunnersville. Um, you know, real slow, hits that deep, deep uh, grass that's out there. It's just really good for this. So, you know, you know, it's it, it's one of those things that really works well for me. And if you're dealing with shallow, clear water, it's just great because you can cast it on country mile. Okay, because it's on a spinning setup, and I only use about a foot maybe of leader. Okay. Just send it out there as far as you can. Let it hit the bottom. Use the rod. 7.6 rod is key. Again, long, wimpy rod. Uh, medium, medium heavy if that. Send it out there. Okay? Let it hit the bottom and just slowly reel it in. Slow, slow. Drag it if you need to. If you can't touch bottom, drag it. And, and I'm telling you, you will pick up more bass because you're using a technique that they just haven't seen. It's very subtle. But you're covering water. And that's the biggest thing about Carolina rigs that most people don't understand. It's that, yes, you know, it's dragging it on the bottom. But you'll be surprised. You're actually covering a lot of water when you're, and doing it quickly when you're doing that. And I literally, I'll drag and reel. And, and literally, this is my cadence. Point, point at the bait, drag it to, the, to, to my side, reel. Drag, reel. Drag, reel. Drag, reel. Drag, reel. And I'm moving that bait. Now, one time, one thing that you understand, if you're dragging it, you know, in, in deep water, and you're bringing it through there, right, all of a sudden you hit a piece of wood, bunk, that's when I'll stop and I'll shake it. I'll make that line, that, that glass bead and that, that swivel bounce off that tungsten constantly. Tung, 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 tung. It's ringing that dinner bell, baby. Tung, 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 tung. Ringing that bell. And literally, I'll do that, do that, do that. And I'll pop it off. And start dragging it again. And nine times out of ten, what's happened is, is that that bait, right, you've hit that piece of cover. That bait's now had a chance to fall down to the bottom. Okay? And you start shaking it. And then the bait kind of quivers on the bottom because you're shaking it. Shake, 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 shake. You finally pop it loose. Okay, that bait jumps up off the bottom. If there's a bass that's been looking at it, he's going to eat it. Okay, he's going to be like a fat kid on cake, driving into it. Okay, I'm telling you, it is the way to go. Just shake. 
I'm telling you, it is stellar for this. So, you know, that, that's how uh, I'll, I'll run a Carolina rig. It's a stellar bait, especially now. We're in post-spawn. Those bass are back in those channel swings. They're on the ledges. They're in their, their feeding time. They're looking to feed. Throw a Carolina rig. And don't be afraid to throw some funky baits with it. Okay? That little bin at most tackle shops of, of quote-unquote, useless baits, of the ones where the guy sat there and looked like he had an acid trip while he was designing it, all right, those are the baits I use a lot of times, and they're stellar, absolutely stellar. So go out there, try throwing a Carolina rig, especially this time of year and throughout the summer. You will not be disappointed. Cool. You got anything to add, Matt? Awesome show. Uh, that was uh, special information on that sea rig. Uh, yeah, like like Mark says, it's it's one of the most widely used rigs and uh, tough for us kayak guys. But there you go, that that uh, ball bearing swivel should help out with twists. Yeah, the, the great the information, Mark. Swivel. And and taking that that lure that that bait and somehow just you know if it's like a a, a, a like a brush hog. I'll, I'll I'll take it and I'll just wrap it around the the weight and line before I cast. And take that extra second, just do it. And, you know, keep that 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 spin going uh, from happening. You know, um, uh, like a big uh, trick worm. Just slap it around there. You cast. It'll it'll it, if if it doesn't come off during the during the flight, it, as soon as it hits the water, it'll come free. Um. You know, I, I think I've had it like a handful of times throughout me do, for, for me doing this where it's never came apart. But what's happened is, is I've actually caught bass while it's been happening. So now I have something that's clanking with this bait, well, with this bait sitting on top of it usually. And it's going through the water. It's just funky like that. Um, you know, it's a simple setup. You know, it's not used enough and uh, can really, you know, turn, turn into a, you know, making the money. Little tip as well. Put your Carolina rig stuff in a separate little box. You can buy these little Plano boxes. They're probably about the size of a wallet. I've got one that's got all my Carolina rig gear in it. It's got swivels. It's got um, it's got weights. It's got hooks, and it's got my glass beads all right there. So if I'm gonna Carolina rig, I just pull that out and I stick it in my PFD. Quick change out. You know, I break off, whatever. I got, I can change it out really quick because it's right there. I'm not digging through all my gear, um, which helps save me time. Um, so, yeah, little tips. So, if that's being said, uh, Matt, go ahead and uh, plug your personal sponsors, buddy. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, Jackson Kayak. Why paddle the rest when you can paddle the best? Uh, Bending Branches Aquabound Paddles. Uh, great paddles made in the USA. I uh, can't say enough about them. I mean, it, I, I, uh, this past weekend, I was paddling with the Spin Drift Carbon, which is a performance low-angle paddle. And I'm really new to the low-angle style of paddling. And i got to tell you, right, right off the top, I like it. Um, it it's, a, it's a light paddle, 24 ounces. It, it really saves you. You could paddle all day in the, that low-angle position where... The higher angle is, is much more athletic. Um, it takes a lot more power. So I, I saw myself covering more distance without with less fatigue. So bending branches, aqua bound paddles, made in the USA, great products. Um, 
another one's Ram Mounts. Um, Ram has a full selection of kayak accessories from rod holders to camera mounts to, to pretty much just about anything you could think of, clip, screw, uh, uh, clamp onto your kayak. Uh, check them out, rammounts.com. And uh, that's it. Cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, I got one announcement. Uh-huh. Um, actually, yeah, I just joined up with um, yakangler.com as their regional pro staff just to help me out with fishing reports and that sort of thing. So that's another little pro staff position there, which is pretty cool. It's, uh, it's an honor uh, to be selected by them, and uh, I'll do my best to do what I could do for them. But uh, check nice. out yakangler.com, your ultimate kayak fishing resource. There you go. All right, now for my plugs. Um, you know, Jackson Kayak, Orca Coolers, Bull Bay Rods, um, really, Bull Bay literally won me that tournament. I'm telling you, they did, you know, being, or, 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 or do well in the, the last tournament, you know, catching those three bass. Weren't heavy bites, but they were bites, and I, only way I could have felt them was with that Bull Bay. Um... Uh, Lick'em Lures, Tommy Head Jigs, and you, the listener, thank you so much for for being who you are and listening in. It really is uh, a major driver uh, for doing the show. So with that being said, take it fishing. Memories are never made in front of a TV. Okay? Always wear your PFD. It does you no good. It's floating away as you're sinking simple as that and if you get out this weekend to get your fish on man and always remember fortune favors the bold have a great night everybody catch you next week on the low sodium show only on the kayak fishing radio network